All right, Two TV Sports Talks and Jerry podcast is back. The marathon that is having four sports at one time continues. It's been insane. Good thing we've got a sports spot, Jerry, to get some of these takes off our chest. I'm excited for this one on week five NFL, college football. We're learning about some of these teams, uh, some good, some bad. NBA Finals, LeBron gets his fourth ring. Uh, we hate to see it, other than Laker fans. And uh, the NBA champ- M- MLB Championship Series is going on here, too. Uh, plus, we've been hidden on our picks recently, Jerry. A lock and an upset. You know, these are pretty big payouts that we're hidden on, and I'm, I'm proud of us for getting off to a good start, better than I expected. We're 12 of 19 this year. Um, and so stay tuned at the end of this pod. We're going to get to our picks and uh, our lock and upset of the week. And, Jerry, I couldn't be more pumped to air out some of these takes with you this week on this pod. Um, super excited today. Yeah, man, let's get into it. But first, congrats to our 2TV Sports Bracket Challenge winner, Ted Carney. Had him on the pod. He took the, uh, the challenge by storm, so congrats to him. Uh, the finals just ended. Yeah, we're both upset that the Lakers won it, uh, so that sucks. Um, but I've been watching more baseball, and I want to talk about, you know, Altuve making missing some easy throws, how good Garrett Cole looked in Game 5. Um, and, you know, of course, excited to talk to football. But, Tosh, tell them what's happening this week for 2TV Sports. Before we get started here, 2TV Sports is a great lineup of content coming out every week for you guys. Monday, not so overreaction. Jerry's takes on the weekend of football. Tuesday, the Tuesday morning blitz with Jackson Roberts. An in-depth look at each NFL game over the past weekend. Wednesday, the two TV sports top 25 ranking the top 25 NFL teams. Thursday, the Tosh and Jerry pod. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. Click that subscribe button and then it'll just get in your feed every week so you don't have to worry about when it comes out or if you're going to miss it, it'll just be there for you guys. So click that subscribe button for the Tosh and Jerry pod. Plus, uh, on Thursdays, our lock and upset of the week. Check Instagram for that. Friday, the Friday stock watch. Get updated on where things stand in sports with Jackson Roberts. And lastly, on Friday afternoon, the 2TV Sports Weekend Spotlight. What to watch for this weekend. And without further ado, let's get to NFL Week 5. Minnesota-Seattle. We'll start out there. Classic Seattle game on primetime. Just looked terrible the entire game. Somehow pulled it out of their ass at the end. Uh, as a Packer fan, it's so frustrating. and. Um, yeah, man, this was this was a brutal game for me, Jerry. I want the Packers to get that one C, get the bye week, have the road through the frozen tundra, and uh, yeah, Seattle just keeps winning these close games. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm on the Seattle side of the Seattle and the Packers uh, debate, just because I like to go against your Packers' sake, firstly, but also I really like what Seattle's doing. Yeah, you're right though; they did look terrible, or not as you know Seattle-like as they usually do in that Sunday night game. Um, but you know, Russell Wilson, unstoppable, his connection with DK Metcalf becoming very apparent, which I love for some of my fantasy teams. If I can just put that plug in there. Um, and then, you know, I want to talk about does Mike Zimmer kick the field goal or choose kick the field goal to go up eight points. Then Russell Wilson can't beat you. I personally love that he was aggressive in the other teams, uh, half of the field and went for it on fourth down, even with Dalvin's sideline. Um, you know, if, if Madison just makes that right hand cut, and they get the first down and can ice the game that way. Uh, and so I, I really like that he was aggressive. I don't think enough coaches are aggressive uh, week in and week out. And so, you know, it obviously they got torched by Russ on 
the turnover and when Russ was able to drive down the field. But I'm a big fan that he decided to go for all right. it. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. First of all, okay, this this was a horrible call by Zimmer. Um, take the points here, make Wilson drive the length of the field and get the two point, and then you still have overtime. So, I mean, you got to kick the field goal in this situation. But the bigger mistake comes when they were up by four. So they score the touchdown. They're up by four. And then he chooses to kick the extra point to go up by five. The diff- there's no difference between four and five. The difference between four and six is huge because then if they're up six, if they get that two-point conversion, then the field goal there would have won them the game. Like, it blows my mind that coaches in the NFL make still, like, make stupid decisions like this. Like, it's so obvious. Like, I, I don't know how they... I don't know who they're listening to. I don't know their process to like coming to these decisions, but like it happens. Yeah, to someone's got to be in his ear for that one. Yeah, for like how is how is the offensive coordinator, the QB, whoever, like not not in his mind about this? Like it's got it's so obvious. Like good coaches are going to do this every time. It's a difference in the NFL between wins and losses, and we've seen it happen so many times, week after week. We come on this pod and talk about coaches who make bad decisions. Like it's time coaches hire someone on their staff i'm sure some already do it that is just like the game like clock strategy like coach where you they just all the probabilities it's like hey like you go for two here you make it it increases by a bunch if you miss this you know it doesn't actually hurt you like just go for two like it's not gonna hurt you yeah dude it's unbelievable that this is still a thing i mean i think seattle is Seattle is just, they're good. Their offense is good. They win games at the end. We'll see. Definitely pop one of the top teams in the NFC. Um, but I, I just don't really think their defense is very good at all. And if they played the Packers or even some of these other top NFC teams, I think their, their defense is going to get really get exposed. So, okay, but going back to the main point here, do, do you like that Zimmer went for, for it on fourth down, like in the fourth to try and win the game rather than you know, take uh, the field goal and go up and save eight points? I, I, I mean, I don't love it. I would have kicked the field goal. Um, but, I mean, it's, it, I understand his thought process. I just hate the call of running it up the middle. Like, that's just so unimaginative and, like, do something like you've but, got okay, Ealing, you've got Jefferson. Great, okay, but the Vikings have a great run game, and I don't trust Kirk Cousins with the ball in his hands on fourth and short to make the right decision, especially without Stephon Diggs there. I, um, you know, I feeling gets separation but, deep, but he, I mean, he's not getting separation right off the line. Um, and so I don't. I really like. I prefer if I was a Vikings fan for them to run it. Um, you know, especially against playing against Seattle, we know you shouldn't be throwing it uh, on you know pretty close to the goal line or whatever the line to gain is. Uh, if we've learned anything from Pete Carroll. So I'm actually yeah. love that they ran it. I just obviously we're playing a result that it, they clearly didn't get it. It didn't work out. I for think them. if if you run it, you got to spread everyone out and then run it and not have everyone in the middle and then run it to where everyone is. But that's just my philosophy on like short yardage. Um, Jerry, let's move over to Dak Prescott, brutal injury. Um, you hate to see it for a guy like that, but uh, to be honest, I don't think the Cowboys are that much worse with Andy Dalton in the lineup. And uh, they might even be playing a little bit more motivated here, might start running the ball a little bit more with Zeke, uh, which I think will help their defense. So brutal injury, but I don't think the Cowboys season is over. Yeah, I hope Dak gets healthy soon, and I hope that Jerry Jones pays this man long term. 
he definitely earned it and decided not to hold out. So that kind of sucks uh, that this terrible injury had to happen to him in a contract year. You know, not that you want it to happen any year, but I actually, yeah, I definitely agree with you like on the Cowboys and your position with them that that offense going from Dak to Dalton. Well, let me get this very, very clear. Dak is a better quarterback than Andy Dalton. That is my position on this, but that offense, I don't actually think takes a very big step back uh, when you downgrade from Dak to Andy Dalton. I think you can hand the ball off to Zeke, you know, 20, 25 times a game and the offensive weapons they have between Gallup, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, you know, arguably the best wide receiver corps in the league. Uh, I don't think it's that big of a deal to lose Dak for the season. Uh, if you're the Cowboys this season and then, you know, their defense isn't helping them regardless of whether you have Dak or Andy Dolan. And so that doesn't really change like either anyways. So, yeah, uh, their defense and offensive line are the two big issues. And I mean, if they can shore those things up a little bit, I kind of like the Cowboys in the, in the uh, NFC East. Uh, Raiders Chiefs, Jerry, this is a, uh, this was a fun game. Like the Raiders, I mean, are they legit? They're, they've only lost to the Pats and the Bills. They've beaten the Chiefs. Carolina, who isn't bad, and uh, New Orleans, like the, Jerry, the Raiders, I think are pretty good. Um, their defense sucks, but their offense is pretty good, and Derek Carr is looking like he's like actually a pretty good quarterback. Okay, so I know you have a bunch of takes on Mahomes, so we'll, I'll let you get to that in a second. But Derek Carr against the Chiefs went 350 yards, three touchdowns, and only one interception. Uh, he had Henry Ruggs back in the lineup, which I think was huge, able to stretch the field. Um, we've seen that Kansas City's defense has been suspect this year and in years prior. doesn't look any difference this year. Now, before you poo-poo all over Mahomes and tell me, oh, he's overrated and all this, he still threw for 340 yards and two touchdowns, you know. Um, and I think the real issue with the Chiefs is that they went away from the run game. They only gave Clyde Edwards-Alaire the ball 10 times. And, you know, the Chiefs' offense, like many offenses, works a lot better if you have a more balanced attack rather than just airing it out with Mahomes, you know, even for how talented he is. Um, and you know, now I still think, you know, Chiefs run away with this division, but I think the Raiders now are definitely more competitive for that second spot with the chargers. Um, and our guy Herbert. Yeah. I mean, the Raiders are looking like they might be a playoff team, but okay. To my Mahomes take, uh, this might be a hot take, but I think he's overrated. Like he's really good. Obviously he's a top five quarterback, obviously. Uh, I'll get that out there from the start, but Jerry, he's, he makes too many mistakes. Like he's really reliant on these deep shots to Hill and Cardman and Kelsey. And like, yes, those work against bad teams and like, he'll put up numbers, but like he threw two picks in the Super Bowl. He, I mean, he's really good. Don't get me wrong, but he's not unbeatable. Like some people want to say like the chiefs aren't, you know, going to win the next 10 Super Bowls. Like he, like the chiefs have issues and Right now on the 2TV Sports Top 25, that's going to come out uh, actually yesterday, if you guys are listening to this. The Chiefs aren't the top AFC team. Uh, the Titans are. And, you know, the Chiefs are going to have to play better. The Titans almost beat them last year. Uh, and the Chiefs look worse to me this year than last year. So I love that you're willing to die on this hill. Uh, even though you're wrong about this, I think Mahomes is by far the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, and so I want to give our listeners a chance to reach out to us you know, DM us, send us messages. Let us know who you think is right. You know, is Mahomes the best? Is he not the best? Whose side are you on? Mine or Tosh's? Uh, it's a good debate. But you did just mention that the Titans are going to be the number one AFC team in your two TV sports top 25. Go check that out. Um, and I love that 
because it gives me an opportunity to shit on the Buffalo Bills. They are so overrated, Tosh. I've been telling you this week after week after week. And I even told you as it was happening, Josh Allen looks great. He deserves all the praise he was getting. I'm happy for him. He's the quarterback of the future. He can be there the next 10 years. Oh, wait a second. They haven't played anybody. Look at this. The first time they go up against a real opponent in the Tennessee Titans who can run the ball, who have a good play action, who have a semi-competent defense, who isn't the AFC East, besides my Patriots, might I add. Uh, they get freaking blown out. I mean, what is it out of Josh Allen? He goes, he had a QBR of 69. They had him throw 41 times, and he still couldn't get 300 yards. He went 275 and two picks. This Buffalo Bills team is an absolute joke, and I'm happy that they got exposed against Tennessee Titans. And to my point, this upcoming week, they play the Kansas City Chiefs. And guess what? After that game, they're going to have two losses, just like the Patriots. That division is up for grabs, and they are not the best team in the division, let alone the AFC. Okay, I mean, it's hard to disagree with that take after that game, but I just want to get out a few things. First of all, Tredarius White, their top cornerback, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, was hurt, and A.J. Brown was just eating them up. Uh, so when he gets back, I think their defense is going to be a little bit better. Secondly, uh, the Titans... 42 to 16, okay? He's not covering 20 points difference between the Titans and the Bills. They might be better, but they're not going to be 20 points better. That's true. And the Titans were missing like 10 players because of COVID. Um, and that's not why I kind of thought the Bills were going to win that game. But the Titans looked well-rested. They got a bunch of lucky breaks. Like, Allen's receivers were dropping balls left and right. That completely changed the game. Um, and I think that the Bills, while this is a bad loss, I, I'm not counting them out next week against the Chiefs. And I definitely think they're still the favorites to win that division, even though they still have to play the Pats twice and Seattle. I think they're going to win at least one of those Pats games. Like Josh Allen, while he didn't play great, he got very unlucky. He still had a few plays where he showed what he's been doing early this season. Um, and yeah, the Bills, they beat, they won in uh, Las Vegas, they beat the Rams, and they won in Miami. Like, those are all good wins. Um, and this was a bad game, but they'll get back after it. And uh, I'm not counting the Bills out yet. Uh, all the Miami? It's kind of weird, though. They they lose to the good teams, and they, they seem to be in the teams uh, that we don't always give them a chance against, like the Niners. They were pretty heavy underdogs. I think it's like seven and a half. I'm not sleeping on the Dolphins, especially because they get the Jets this week, and they have a bye week. So they're going to be looking at three and three uh, going into week eight. Like, in a- Yeah, I mean, you are, you are what your record says you are. I just don't think the Dolphins are that good. I think they're – you know, they're not, the they're, not, they're not great, but they lost to Seattle, uh, New England, and Buffalo, who are three pretty good teams. They only lost to Buffalo by three, and they killed Jacksonville on the road and the Niners on the road. So, I mean, I think Miami's around the 500 team. I like what Brian Flores is doing. Uh, Jerry, one more thing on that Bills Titans game before we move on to some games next week is everyone's been questioning me about the Titans. Jackson was on this pod questioning me. Um, you were on this pod questioning me about the Titans. Let me let me just uh, remind everyone, okay? The Titans went into New England last year and beat the GOAT, Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick. Uh, moving on to the second round, they went into Baltimore, 14-2 Ravens, MVP Lamar, favored by big points, and they beat Lamar and the Ravens. 
And then the next week in Kansas City, they were leading the Chiefs until Mahomes brought them back. The Titans are legit. They're the best team in the AFC right now. And uh, everyone was sleeping on them except me. So I'm just going to go sit on my high horse and... and wait, 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 you, wait, wait. You weren't sleeping on them. You had the Colts coming out of the division. I was the one who had the Titans coming out of this division. Listen, I'm not low on the Titans. I just don't think they're going to be the ones coming out of the AFC. Uh, so before you get all high and mighty on your throne there about the Titans, uh, you know, they have to get by your Indianapolis Colts now that you're back on that bandwagon. But anyways, to your actual team... The uh, Green Bay Packers are taking on Tampa Bay. Still miss you, Brady. Um, that's actually going to be a really, really fun game. The Bucks are coming off a pretty bad loss to the Bears. Uh, I don't want to get into the Brady, you know, doing that whole it was a third down or fourth down thing. Um, but the Packers are coming off a bye, and this looks to be a fun one, Tosh. Yeah, the Packers coming off a bye. They should have Devontae Adams back. They should have Kenny Clark back. Uh, Vita Vea, the star defensive tackle for the Buccaneers is out for the season. Uh, this is going to be a fun game. I'll definitely have it on and uh, looking forward to watching my Packers. Uh, another really good game this weekend is uh, Chiefs at Bills. Both teams coming off a loss. Uh, can the Bills hang with the Chiefs? Can they prove that they're in the class of the AFC after taking a bad loss? This week, I think if Tredivious White plays, the Bills have a shot. If he doesn't, the Bills don't have a shot. And so I'll be watching that injury. So first, going back to the Packers game, I think I'm going to go with you on the Packers as a Packers fan. Um, and then for me, I'm also on the Packers. I think that buy is pretty big. And Brady is pretty rare for him to lose back-to-back games. Um, but I think that the Bucks don't have uh, the defense to slow down. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and especially with Devontae Adams back and Aaron Jones um, and what they've been able to do this season. So I like, I like the Packers in that game. Um, and then, so for this chiefs game, uh, you know, I just went all off on the bills and pretty much said that they were overrated and pretty, pretty garbage. Um, and so, yeah, I'm all over the chiefs in this game. I, you know, the chiefs, I think maybe, maybe, maybe the Raiders were, were a trap game, even though they are in the division, maybe they were looking ahead to this bills game. Um, and so I think the Chiefs, I, I just don't see Patrick Mahomes going 0-2 in the last two weeks, you know, losing two games in a row. And I can easily see Josh Allen doing that. So uh, I like Mahomes and the Chiefs this week. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to pick against Mahomes back-to-back weeks. Well, Cleveland-Pittsburgh's the last really good game that we're going to talk about today. And, and uh, Cleveland's ranked 11th in the top 25. Pittsburgh's ranked, I think, 7th. Uh, uh, so this is, or maybe even six. So this is a really good game, and whoever wins this game is going to show that they can challenge Baltimore. In my opinion, I do like Pittsburgh here, um, but it wouldn't shock me if the Browns come out and uh, can hang close to them and maybe pull out a win. Pittsburgh hasn't really played anyone this year, uh, and so should be a good game. I do like Pittsburgh though at home. So I want to start with Miles Garrett, and he's looked absolutely amazing this season. And he looked good last season before getting suspended, uh, you know, after hitting Mason Rudolph with the helmet. Um, but I don't really feel the need to go into that at all. Um, but I, now I'm putting Miles Garrett in that Khalil Mack type of air. I think that he's just taken a whole other step this season. He's looked awesome, which has actually helped the Browns tremendously, um, despite, you know, Baker's kind of incompetence in the fourth and him missing some easy throws. Uh, but to that point, Baker actually got a little bit hurt last week. And so hopefully he's healthy this week. Um, I think Pittsburgh should be favored in this game. 
And we saw the Browns go up against another division rival in the Ravens in week one, and they didn't fare so well. So I like what you said about the Steelers there. Um, and so this is really a prove-it game for the Browns. Like, are you going to be competing in this division going forward? Or are you just going to get a wild card spot and, like, maybe make some noise in the playoffs? Uh, but I really like what Cleveland's been doing. Stefanski, big fan of his. Um, not that surprising of a take after Freddie Kitchens. Uh, but, I, you know, I think this is one of those division games that's going to be pretty, pretty close. And the Browns have actually had some Steelers numbers if you go back over the years and look at their matchups. Um, even when they haven't had that good of a team. So this game is going to be one that I'm going to have on, on the two TVs. Definitely. Uh, Jerry, college football, we're back. Uh, Clemson rolled Miami. Like, Miami's just not in the same ballpark as Clemson talent-wise. Uh, Clemson looked really good, and I don't think they're really going to be challenged until they play UNC uh, with Sam Howell or potentially Notre Dame, whoever wins that uh other top spot in the, in, in the ACC play uh, championship game there. So, um, yeah. So I have actually, I like what you just said there about them not actually facing anybody now that Miami proved that they weren't an actual contender um, until they get to, you know, UNC or Notre Dame and UNC has looked pretty good this season. Um, but I think even when they play Clemson, that they're kind of more in that Miami category where they're between anywhere from like seven to 15 and Clemson doesn't have any problem with UNC. Uh, you know, despite how good their quarterback Sam Howell's been looking this season and how well, you know, Mac Brown has them playing. Yeah, so for that second spot in the ACC, I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on UNC and Notre Dame as Notre Dame has the ACC schedule this year. Uh, so that's going to be big to see if they, one of them can compete with Clemson for the playoff. Another playoff team, Jerry, team that you were kind of high on, Florida, just took a brutal loss to Texas A&M, really just pretty much knocking them out of the playoff. Uh, Florida, Jerry, they're always 10 and two. Like how many years in a row have they been like 10 and two, nine and three, 11 and two, like that's what they are. They need to just add a little bit more talent. Um, and, and yeah, this was, this was a tough loss. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they are always 10 and two, uh, at Texas and Emma Kyle field. I don't know whatever the capacity was, but they had way more fans than whatever they said they were allowing in that stadium. Um, and it was it actually got kind of loud at one point when, Florida was in a key third down situation. And that's, I think, where the fans are actually really, really missed is in college football um, in those key situations. And, and, you know, in the Seattle game in Minnesota, maybe it wouldn't have been as close. Um, and maybe the Vikings would have kicked that field goal if the fans were actually in, this, in the stadium. Uh, but, yeah, Florida loses. Dan Mullins, freaking idiot, calling for all the fans in his home stadium. And then this week has an outbreak of, like, 20 kids having COVID. So that guy's an idiot. Um, but yeah, Florida and Kyle Trask got beat on the road. And, you know, it's actually good to see that college football is still, you know, pretty, pretty normal in our lives that there's that, that upset, you know, when a big team goes on the road for a pretty important game. Uh, but speaking of big games, Tosh, you're very low on the Georgia Bulldogs. Bama just coming off a great game against Ole Miss where it looked like they couldn't stop anything Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin was doing. Number two, Alabama this week goes up against number three in the country, Georgia. Showdown, Boy, is this an elimination game, Tosh, early in the season? Uh, you know, it's, I wouldn't say it's an elimination game, but uh, Georgia needs to keep it close against Bama. If, if Georgia keeps it close, they show that they're, you know, capable of, of uh, staying with a team like Bama, then I think a two-loss Georgia team, if they lose to Bama now and then lose to Bama in the conference championship game, like, they have a shot to get in. But 
Jerry, Georgia's not going to stay close to Bama. Don't get your hopes up. Stenson Bennett, not very good. Like, he's getting all this hype. He was basically a, a walk-on, uh, and now he's the starting quarterback. Like, Georgia hasn't really played anyone great. Um, and Bama, I think, as Nick Saban said after that old Miss game, this is going to be a good wake-up call for the defense. The defense is going to come in here. They're going to be flying around. Stenson Bennett's not going to know what he's seeing. Um, and I think Bama wins this game by double digits. They prove they're the best team in the country. Uh, Matt Jones, I think, is un- an underrated quarterback for Bama. And, uh, and yeah, this is going to be a rude wake-up call for Georgia. I got nothing to add there. That's, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Bama is going to roll over Georgia by 10. They're at home. They're coming off a terrible defensive game, and they have a lot to prove. And, yeah, I think that, you know, Bama's quarterback is underrated and Georgia's is overrated, and I have nothing else to add to that. So moving on to what I'd rather be talking about, uh, or maybe I guess not talking about, is the Lakers winning the NBA Finals. It did it in six games, maybe one more game than they should have had it. But, you know, we, I want to recap that with you, you know, how the bubble went, a little bit of the offseason, and uh, your thoughts going into uh, the basketball emptiness. You know, we don't know when it's coming back. Yeah, so we, I guess, Gary, we got to congratulate LeBron. He's going to uh, be listening to this. And, and, uh, and, yeah, congrats, LeBron, on the fourth ring. Like, he did it, I mean, not really against all odds or anything. He has another top five player on his team. but. Uh, he got the win. He beat an injured Miami team who uh, is not – was not – Well, hold on, though, because the Warriors – the Warriors beat an injured Cavs team in 2015 when he was without Kyrie and Kevin Love. So we can't do that. he beat an injured thing on this – I mean, I think we can say the Warriors beat an injured Cavs team without Kyrie and Love, but they sold LeBron and, and uh, he didn't have Drogic. And so, I mean, I give credit to LeBron. This was a this was a good Finals win. Like he needed it this year. Um, if he went to the Lakers and never won a ring, like those Laker fans would never really respect him. So I think that this was this was a much needed win. Uh, the bubble, I thought there, it was it was really good to see basketball back. Um, I just think the bubble, like the game, was a little bit different. Guys are making uh, three pointers at a great rate, like without fans changed the game a little bit. I think it definitely helped the heat a lot. Um, but I'm super happy that it came back. I think the bubble, like it worked. They had no cases, uh, no positive cases. I could see them doing another bubble for the playoffs next year, potentially. Um, and it was just, it was great to have NBA back all day, pretty much every day for a few months there. And so, yeah, I will, uh, I'll, I'll I'll give the NBA credit. Like they did a great job. Yeah, this title is 100% legitimate. Uh, the right teams got to the finals, uh, even though Miami was a surprise for a lot of us. Uh, you know, LeBron went to Lakerland, basically having to win a title to vindicate his decision to go there, and he did it. You know, traded away everybody for Anthony Davis, and it paid off. So he clearly knows what he's doing. Um, and so I want to get into a little bit of next year's kind of forecasting because this year the Lakers did have an easy path, right? And we know next year uh, other teams are going to add and get healthier, but the Lakers are also going to do some of the same kind of stuff. The other teams are looking to do where they add pieces. And I think next year's Lakers team is going to be a little bit better. um, Especially if you, you know, aren't starting KCP, some of those other guys that they have, some of those bench guys, 
Um, so I think they're going to be better, but I just think it's going to be more competitive, you know, regardless of what the season looks like. Yeah. So, um, and so, I mean, I think one thing on the Lakers is like KCP and Rondo really stepped up uh, for the, in the playoffs. And like those guys might get paid. They might not be on the Lakers. They're both free agents. They might not be there next year. Like, I think, I, I don't know. I don't know if the Lakers are really going to get much better. Uh, LeBron's going to be like a year older. Yes, he's still great. Um, yeah, hold on. But LeBron was going to be a year older since the beginning of time <laughs> after he turned 31. I don't think he could be like 38. I, you want LeBron on your team. So I mean, you so definitely it. want LeBron on your team, but I think the Lakers are going to regress a little bit here. And I do think that uh, the Clippers um, might get a little bit better just another year under their belt, uh, as well as Jerry. Everyone is sleeping on the Warriors. Like, they still have the best big three in all of basketball. Andrew Wiggins. No, so I'm I'm not sleeping on them because I think they're the 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 team that gives the Lakers the most trouble next year. I don't think it's the Clippers. I think when you have a healthy Stephen Clay, regardless of who the other three starters are, you know, I know Draymond's there and they'll you know have a center there. Um, and Wiggins is still there. I don't know if they're going to move him or not, but yeah, I think the Warriors um, should be right there with the with the Lakers. Yeah, so um, I, I I have a hard time seeing the the Warriors actually move Wiggins. I think he's a really good piece to have, like. He's super underrated. I mean, he averages like damn near twenty points a game. Like on Minnesota, yeah, he didn't what didn't play great defense. He didn't shoot a high percentage, but now his role's different. They're gonna get the most out of him. They've got Draymond, Wiggins, Stephen Clay. Like that's the best group of four in the NBA. They've got this number two pick. And we've seen it doesn't matter what you do at the center position if you're the Warriors. Like, I mean, they had Zaza. Um, yeah, and they, and, they know, still have JaVale, so it doesn't matter. They still have uh, Kevon Looney, who's a good defender. Marquise Chris, who's only 22 and showed really good signs last year on a really bad team. He might have been their best player. Um, yeah, barring injury, I have them going to the Western Conference Finals right now. Yeah. Uh, before all the trades and the acquisitions and, and the drafts. So. Yeah, we'll see. What about the East, though, Jerry? Uh, who do you like there? My Celtics are screwed in the East. I think the Bucks are going to get better somehow. Maybe they move Bledsoe. I think they need another ball handler or a ball dominant guard um, to give Giannis a little bit of help. And then another part, I think the the Raptors get much much worse. They're going to lose a lot of free agents and you know Kyle Lowry's aging. Uh, but with the big problem with the Celtics is they're going to have Gordon Hayward opt in. Uh, they don't have a big man, and now you have a Nets team that has a potentially healthy Kevin Durant. Um, so I know everyone says, oh, he's not going to be the same after his terrible injury, the ruptured Achilles. Um, but it's Kevin Durant. Like, if you have him on the team, the team's going to be very, 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 very formidable. Um, and so I think this was the year that the Celtics had as their opportunity. Um, and so I think we're kind of in this purgatory mm-hmm. where we're a really good team, but Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are still uh, too young and still have some developing to do to really take their game. To I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Jason Tatum's already a superstar. I think they just have so much more to go before they hit their peak in their prime. Um, you know, they're not even 25 yet. So I don't think next year's their year. Um, when you get me into the season, I'll say like, yeah, it's definitely their year. Cause it will be our year for sure. We're going to look great, but I think there's a lot of uh, top heavy teams. Yeah. Our, well, Gary, I think you're, I think you're sleeping on the Celtics a little bit. I mean, Tatum, I, I, I do think you're right about the Raptors. They're not going to be quite as good. I think the heat take a little bit of a step back uh, unless like, hero becomes amazing i just don't uh i don't really see how they're gonna get better other than hero uh the celtics jalen brown and jason tatum they're gonna keep getting better and i think it's gonna be celtics bucks and nets 
Like they, those are the three teams. Let's see how the Nets do, how they fill in their roster. Like I worry about Kyrie and KD staying healthy. Um, and yeah, the Bucks have some moves to make, but um, let's get to some coaches. Like there's still some openings here, Jerry. And uh, we've got the Pelicans, Clippers, and Rockets. Let's bring back a segment, Jerry, that we did on some of our earlier pods, the Rankum segment. Jerry, rank. Who would you, who would you uh, if you were the coach, uh, picking between these th- three teams, the Pelicans, the Clippers, and the Rockets, which job would you want most? So I want to break this down. Last in either scenario that I'm going to go over is the Rockets. Don't want that job. Harden's great. They have no future. They have no draft picks. They had their chance against the Warriors. Uh, and we're up three to two and lost when CP3 went down. Sucks, move on. Anyways, if you have just a one-year contract, okay, I'm going with the Clippers. Paul Jordan Choir there. I don't know what they're going to do with Montrez and Lou Williams, but uh, I like I like the core there if you just give me one year uh, over the Pelicans. But if you're giving me like a five-year deal, how could you not take the opportunity to coach Zion Williamson you still have uh, Lonzo Ball, who's pretty young, and Brandon Ingram, who looked like he took the next step this past offseason. Not to mention Jackson Hayes at center, who hasn't even begun to scratch the surface of what he could be. I love that Pelicans job. Love the Pelicans team. Uh, can't wait to watch them. Get Zion off the minutes restriction. Uh, this team's going to be awesome. I want that Pelicans job if I'm a coach. Yeah, Jerry, I, I uh, completely agree with you. I think Pelicans is a, is a good job to have. A bunch of young talent. Um, they're going to develop nicely. It's going to take a few years. Uh, Clippers and Rockets, I think, are very similar. The Clippers are a little bit better. But uh, if Kawhi and Paul George leave, which I really think might happen uh, after the season, like that's going to be a bad job to have. And the Rockets are just, I mean, I, who wants to deal with James Harden <laughs> like in Russell Westbrook? Uh, last thing on the NBA, I just wanted to touch on quickly. I know it's kind of early, but the NBA draft, like I think this draft is getting slept on a little bit. Um, who do you, do you like anyone in this draft? Like who are some of your top guys? Have you looked at it at all? I have a few takes I'm trying to air out here. Yeah. So I've looked at it a little bit. Um, I tend to do that more towards uh, draft season who the Celtics are targeting, but I actually really like Obi Topin in the top three, four. He was at Dayton. Uh, they look to actually be making a lot of noise in the, NCAA tournament before that was unfortunately canceled. Uh, he's 6'9", super athletic. Uh, I think he's a really, really good player. Um, not He's not going to be ready to carry your team, you know, first coming to the league, but if you can add him to a team, uh, I really like his, his potential. Yeah, I like Obi, too. He dominated Dayton. I really like um, Denny Avija from Israel, like 6'9", wing, who's super athletic. I think he'll be able to help a team pretty early on. Ball, Edwards, and Wiseman, I mean, they're the consensus top three, I would say. And, like, those guys, I think, can all help teams pretty early on as well, even though everyone's talking about how bad of a draft this is. Like, I think there's a lot of guys who can help, uh, some high upside guys. Uh, Jerry, last thing before we get to our picks, the Astros are down uh, 0-3, looking like they're going to have to pack up their bags, uh, check their egos at the door and uh, go home not as champions this year uh, with a big cheating scandal still going around uh, them. And then the Dodgers, man, they just can't get over the hump. It's just choke after choke after choke. Like, they, uh, they're they down 0-2 to the Braves. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens today and tomorrow. So uh, they still have a chance, but, like, this is not the start that they wanted to get out to. 
Hey, so yeah, look at that. A team that plays good fundamentals in the Tampa Bay Rays are up uh, 3-0 on the Astros. Um, and so obviously it's good to see them playing well against a team that was, uh, you know, condemned for cheating. So that's always a win in my book. Uh, but what's going on with Altuve? I wanted to ask you about that. Um, I was, I was you know, watching, and it seems like he can't make a pretty routine throw, so that was pretty surprising. And, and before you get into that, you know, I know the Dodgers are down 0-2, um, and Kershaw was actually scratched from the start, if I, if I have that right. But I, I, I'm, the Braves do look really, really good. Um, I think it's still a little early to call it, although by the time you hear the next pod, uh, the World Series matchup will be decided, so we'll be getting to that on the next one. Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers have some pitching uh, for games three, four, and five that the Braves don't necessarily have. The Braves are going to be starting some, like, bullpen guys pretty much. But uh seems like the Braves have, like, the mojo. They're hitting. The Dodgers haven't hit well. And, yeah, the, I, I don't know. If they, I mean, the, it's going to be interesting to see if the Dodgers can come back. The Rays just are such a good defensive team. And it's funny because Altuve, as you mentioned, has not been able to throw balls. I think his arms probably just hurt a little bit uh, just from all the games that they've been playing. And, like, yeah, he kind of has the yips, which is fun to watch him have the yips uh, just because of the whole cheating thing. So um, Rays, it's looking like they're going to be in the World Series. They're going to be waiting the Dodgers or Braves. Uh, either matchup I think is really fun to watch. The Rays are really fun to watch defensively and they have a ton of good pitching. I like their chances to win the World Series. Um, and without further ado, Jerry, we're 12 of 19 this year. We're doing well. We've got locks and upsets of the week. Um, check out our Instagram for those. Uh, we always have those on there as well. And without further ado, I'm going to give you our first lock of the week. The Packers are only favored by two and a half. The Packers are by far the better team in this game. They're healthier. They had a whole bye week to prepare for this game. Aaron Rodgers is playing great. Tampa Bay just lost their best defensive player. The Packers are getting back their best defensive player. Like, how is how is it the 10-point difference between the Chiefs and the Raiders last week and the Packers and Bucks this week? I'm taking the Packers on the road, minus 2.5, lock it in, lock of the week. What are your thoughts, Gary? So do you have that money line or do you have that to cover? Because I like, I like the Packers in both, honestly. I don't think it matters. Uh, which you have, I, yeah, I like. I think the Packers are just a better rounded team than than Tampa Bay's Buccaneers. Uh, so I, I like that one out of you, even though it is a homer. Pick. Yeah, Packers minus two and a half is my lock of the week. Jerry, what's your lock of the week? Zero surprises here, my guy. I hate the Bills. Been off the Bills. Overrated. Uh, they're going up against Kansas City, and Patrick Mahomes mentioned it earlier in the pod. If you're looking at one quarterback that's going to lose two games in a row, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, it's not going to be Patrick Mahomes. I got Casey. I'm just taking the money line to beat the Bills. I believe the spread's four. Uh, just go ahead and lock in the easy money uh, for Casey to win this game against against the Buffalo Bills here. I don't hate that, but I do think you're underrating the Bills a little bit. Now let's get to my upset of the week. There weren't that many games to pick from. I was considering this game. I was also considering um, Baltimore-Philly. I think Baltimore's a little bit overrated. Um, but... My upset of the week is the Dallas Cowboys at home versus Arizona Cardinals plus 115 money line. Uh, hot. T- this might be a hot take, but the Cowboys aren't that much worse with Dalton and Dak. Arizona is very injured. Their best defensive player, Chandler Jones, out for the season. Coming off two cross-country road games. Uh, I think Dallas is going to be playing inspired for Dak. They're going to 
you know, Arizona doesn't fully know what to prepare for. And I think this game is really a pick them. And I think Dallas has a little bit of an edge and Dallas is, the, is getting points. So I like the Cowboys at home. Yeah, I, I like that one. I think it's a really good candidate for an upset, upset taking the, uh, the Cowboys there. Uh, so my upset of the week, I think this is a good one. I think a lot of people are going to question me on this. I have the Houston Texans beating your number one ranked AFC team of the Tennessee Titans. And here's why. The Titans are coming off of a pretty big win over the Buffalo Bills, even though I think they're overrated. You know, they were undefeated. It was a good win at home. And the next week, the Titans have the Steelers coming to town. And I think that's kind of a look-ahead game where they're looking at, oh, okay, the Steelers, we're going to find out who we really are. This is a division game, Tosh. Texans and Titans. Division games, as we know, get a little weird, get very chippy very, very early. Sean Watson looked great last week with a healthy Brandon Cooks and Willem Fuller, the fifth. So I'm loving Deshaun Watson and the Texans over the Tennessee Titans in this, what I call, week six trap game. <laughs> Love it. Lock it in. Upset of the week. Texans plus one. I don't hate that out of you, Jerry. I was actually looking at that game, too. I think uh, Houston's going to be playing some inspired football, playing for their season. They need this win. And uh, I could really see either team winning it, but I do like the Titans. Uh, but it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good game, and uh, and yeah, as always, check out you know our our lock and upset of the week on Instagram. Check out all the other stuff we've got going on in Two TV Sports. Don't forget to subscribe to the pod. Uh, shout out my boy Peter Hoff for telling me not to sleep on the Raiders, uh, and they pulled off a big win this week. And the uh, the Lakers, his team also got a W. So uh, shout out him. Jerry, anything else you want to uh, add? Yeah, congrats uh, to David Ginsburg, who we've had on the pod. Uh, his Lakers won it, so happy for you, I guess, even though I'm a pretty big Celtics fan. Um, and if you want some easy money, Patriots against the Broncos. The Broncos have no shot here. We don't know, though, if Cam's actually recovered from COVID. There has been zero word out of Foxborough that I've seen. So uh, get healthy soon, Cam, if you're not. Uh, but as always, go Pats. And uh, looking forward to next week's uh, World Series preview. Yep. Stay tuned for the Tosh and Jerry pod coming out next Thursday. And with that, we're signing off the mic.